Good morning. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 25. Listen to God's word. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you please bow your heads and pray with me for just a moment. Lord, we come here this morning hungry. Hungry for your word, which is delightful to receive. Even times when the word is painful, it's still delightful because it brings truth to our hearts. Even when the word is challenging, it is power because... The word does a work in our hearts and we go out and live as your people. May we be delighted and challenged and inspired by your word today. Pray that in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Last month, I was in a minor traffic accident. Wasn't hurt, but I was in stop and go traffic. It was my fault. I took my eye off the road for a second. Uh, A big pickup truck with with a trailer hitch in front of me. Stopped. I didn't stop in time. Hit it. Barely hit the thing. Didn't do any damage to the truck. But wow, did it damage my car. $6,000 worth of damage. Had the car to get towed away. And uh, I have insurance, of course, but a fairly high deductible. So I had to pay 1500 bucks out of pocket to get this car fixed. I was so thankful that I had an emergency fund to draw that money from to pay for this unexpected accident. Something else happened last month as well. My wife and I went on vacation. We went to the Grand Tetons. Flew into Jackson, Wyoming. Spent five days there hiking around the mountains. Eating out at restaurants. I had buffalo and elk to eat. Never had that before. It was great. Stayed in a nice hotel. It was a great vacation. We'd been saving for about three years, maybe three and a half years, for this particular vacation. It was on my bucket list, something I always wanted to do. And I'm so glad that we had a vacation fund where we could use to go on this trip. You know, the reality is it is good and wise to save money, isn't it? Whether it's paying for an unexpected emergency or saving up for a dream vacation or planning for retirement or sending your kids to college or buying a new car or a new computer, it's good and wise to save money because life can be expensive And you need to be prepared. Which is why it's so odd to read in today's scripture. 
these words of Jesus. Telling us not to store up treasure on earth. You would think Jesus, the wisest man who ever walked the planet, the son of the living God, who had all wisdom and truth, you'd think he would have said something much different. You'd think Jesus would have looked out at the audience that day and he would have said something like this. Hey, stuff happens, so you better be prepared. Save for a rainy day. You'd think Jesus would have sounded a little bit more like Ben Franklin when he talked about saving money. But instead he says this in the Sermon on the Mount. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and thieves break in and steal. Instead, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and vermin cannot get in and thieves cannot steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Now, don't you wish you could have been there? That day Jesus gave that teaching. Maybe raise your hand and say, Lord, Lord, I, 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 I don't fully understand. I mean, isn't it wise and good to save a little money? Shouldn't we be prepared for the inevitable setbacks that happen in life? Isn't it just common sense to save up for retirement so you don't have to be dependent upon friends or neighbors or the government? Right? Don't, don't you think, Lord, that we need to have a little saved up for just stuff? We're going to talk about this today because it's a great question. Welcome back to our series on Jesus. We're looking at what he said, what he did, and why it matters. And we're trying to make sense of it all. So far in this series, we've looked at stories Jesus told and miracles Jesus performed. We've looked at questions Jesus asked. And now we're looking at odd things Jesus said. And let's be honest, sometimes you're reading the Bible and you're reading the words of Jesus and you're reading and you go, that can't be right. Right? It sounds wrong. It sounds counterintuitive. Haven't you ever come across some things that Jesus said that are just, they're just kind of head scratchers? You're wondering, did, 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 did they get it wrong? Did Jesus get misquoted? Did, did somebody just not, you know, kind of work it out so that, so that folks could understand it better? What, what is going on with this stuff? Because some of the things Jesus says not only seems counterintuitive, it seems downright wrong and This is one of those passages that just seems wrong. Do not store up. Do not save up. But here's the deal. The problem isn't with what Jesus said. The problem is how we understand what he said and what it means for our lives. Do not store up. Jesus here sounds like he's saying, hey, if you really trusted God, you wouldn't have a 401k. If you really believe that God takes care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, you wouldn't have a savings account. You wouldn't have an IRA. If you, if you believed that God really loves you, you wouldn't have a, a nest egg. That's what it sounds like Jesus is saying. And it seems so opposite of what we understand to be common sense, right? We understand you you need to save sometimes for the future. We understand that there's actually virtue in delaying gratification now so you can enjoy something later. We, We know that it's noble to develop the discipline of wise saving to anticipate future needs. We know what happens when people just spend everything that comes along. Then some emergency comes up and they're not prepared for it. Proverbs 21.20 says, a wise man's house, a wise man's house is full of grain and choice wine, but a fool devours all that he gets. Proverbs says this, 
A wise man sees trouble up ahead and prepares for it. The fool just keeps going and pays for it, right? See, we understand it's it's natural and normal and good common sense to save and anticipate for future needs and emergencies and all of that. So how are we supposed to understand this teaching of Jesus and how are we supposed to apply it to our lives? Well, like many of the teachings of Jesus, you, you have to understand the context and the words he's using and what they meant in the time he used them. Jesus here is not condemning the wise practice of saving some money. Can we all just let out, let out a collective sigh of relief here? Jesus is not condemning that, but he is encouraging the wise practice of using money to invest for eternal life. He's pointing out that how we handle money in this life has implications for the next. Money doesn't just affect our character here and now, it affects our rewards hereafter. See, heaven is a free gift, we know that. You can't earn your way into heaven, you can't buy your way into heaven. Heaven is a free gift that Jesus offers us through His death and resurrection. It's a it's a gift we receive, not something we earn. But here's what else Jesus says, what the Bible tells us over and over again. There are rewards in heaven. Getting into heaven is not the reward, but once you're there, there are rewards in heaven. And the rewards we receive in heaven are based on what we do in this life, on this earth. And part of those rewards are linked to how you and I handle the financial resources God has entrusted to us. That's why Jesus says, hey, hey, save up for eternal riches in heaven. Because how you handle earthly riches affects eternal riches. Jesus is not saying that it's evil to save money. He says it's foolish to to use all the money in this life and not prepare for the next phase of life. So when he's talking about storing up, he's not talking about saving for a rainy day. He's talking about our tendency to focus almost all of our time and attention on materialism and material things. The constant need for more, more, more. Nicer, newer, bigger, better. Looking to material possessions to try to find our happiness or to satisfy our identity. Trying to get our self-worth from our net worth. This is what Jesus is warning us about. He's not condemning saving up. He's condemning storing up. And in this context, storing up means buying stuff you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you barely know. George Carlin, the comedian, used to joke about people who buy bigger houses to hold their stuff so they can go out and buy more stuff. And while we might chuckle at that a little bit, we have to admit it's really not that funny. That bumper sticker that says, he who dies with the most toys wins? That isn't right. He who dies with the most toys just dies. And then, has an eternity. And Jesus is saying, hey, what you do with what God has given you in this life has a huge impact on your rewards in the next. See, Jesus constantly taught about two kingdoms. The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of this world is temporary and it's not our home. We're just here for a while. The kingdom of heaven is eternal, and that's where we're from, and that's where we're going back. See, we're here on this earth on a temporary visa. And yes, you need money here, you need a bank account here to to manage life here. But there's an eternal bank account in heaven, an eternal IRA, and we are rewarded. Deposits are made there based on how we handle money here. Jesus is not condemning retirement funds. He's offering 
investment advice for eternity. He's not saying you can't have some nice things in this life. He's saying don't store up, don't make your life about accumulating nice things. Because you have eternity to keep in mind. You can't take it with you. But you can send it on ahead. So invest in eternity. See, Jesus wants to know two truths about money. Two truths. And here they are. Money is a tool and money is a test. Money is a tool and money is a test. Say that with me. Money is a tool and money is a test. Right. See, money is a tool that God uses to provide for some of our basic necessities in life. Right? When we pray that prayer, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. One of the ways God answers that prayer is through money that he entrusts to us to meet our basic needs. Food, clothing, shelter. The reason Jesus says don't worry about what you'll eat and what you wear is not that we shouldn't pay attention to that stuff. We shouldn't worry about it. Because God has promised to provide for all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, and so we can be sure that God will get us what we need. And one of the ways he does that is through money. So money is a tool for God to answer our, our needs but get this, money's not just a tool for that. Money's also a tool to build our character. You ever thought about that? Money is a tool to build our character. Because what God cares about more than the clothes we're wearing and what we had for breakfast this morning, what God really cares about is how our character is being built through the decisions we make in life. And the truth about money, it is a limited resource. And so with any limited resource, you have to make choices and decisions and set priorities. And choices and decisions and priorities affect our character, shape our character, mold our character. This is why Jesus talks so much about money and possessions. Did you know Jesus talked more about money and possessions than any other topic in the Gospels? More than he talked about prayer. More than he talked about heaven and hell combined. Money was a big deal to Jesus because he knew it builds character. How we handle it builds our character. It shapes us. Some of you heard me say this before, but when I was eight years old, my father gave me an allowance. First time I ever got an allowance. Eight years old. It was 25 cents a week. That's where I started. Now, over time, it went up a little bit. Each year as I got older... But that's where I started, 25 cents a week. And you think, well, 25 cents a week, what is that? Well, back in the 1930s when I was a kid. <laughs> it wasn't a lot, but it didn't need to be a lot. Because the purpose of the money was not to give me money. The purpose of the money was to teach me about money. To develop a philosophy about money. To understand value and decision. To develop discipline with money. See, it was a tool it was a tool for building my care. That's where I started, 25 cents a week. I was doing some research this week. It's interesting. Today, the average allowance is $15 a week. Yeah. Depends on the age of the kid, though, apparently. They say a rule of thumb is $1 for every age, or every year of your age. So I'm going to call my mom this week and say she owes me 56 bucks. But here's the deal. What do you say to a parent? Let's say, let's say it's 10 bucks, right? You got a 10 year old, you give him 10 bucks a week. What do you say to a parent who gives their $10 a week allowance to the child and says, hey, that's your money, do with whatever you want. What, what do you say to a parent who does that? You say, big mistake. Big mistake. It's not, the purpose of an allowance is not to give a kid play money because money's not a toy. Money's a tool. It's a tool. 
Use that money to train up the child in the way he should go so that when he's older, he'll not depart from it. Right? Right? See, use money to teach children discipline, respect, value, making decisions, setting priorities. See, the, the point is not to get more money. The point is to get greater character. So, so parents, we've got to teach our kids about this. And we've got to be role models to our kids about this. Amen? See, God wants us to use money to build character in our lives and in the lives of our children. And the way you talk about money in your home, the way you handle money in your home, your philosophy about money in your home gets passed on to your kids. Because money is a tool. Money's a tool. So teach them when the amounts are small. If they know how to handle 25 cents a week, maybe they'll be prepared if they ever get to 25 grand a week. Right? They'll have the disciplines. They'll, they'll have the philosophy. They'll have the understanding of what money is really all about. Money's a tool. And if you don't teach with money, if you don't build character with money, when the amounts are small, then when we get older, we don't have God's value system planted in our hearts. And we end up storing up treasures on earth and neglecting eternal treasure. Money's a tool. But it's not just a tool, it's also a test. See, money's a tool to build our, te- our character, but it's also a test of our character. Right? See, money talks. Money talks. Says something about you and me, how we use it. Good question to ask. What is, what is money saying about me these days? Here's an exercise I'd encourage you to do this week. I'm going to do it myself. I encourage you to do it too. Go home, get out the numbers. Pull out the bank statements, the credit card statements, the budget, if you got a budget, the, the, the charitable giving statement. Pull it all out on a table. Look at it all. Look at the numbers and ask yourself this question. What does this say about me? Numbers won't lie. See, the key qualities God is trying to build into our life are gratitude, generosity, and trust. Those are the values that matter most in the life yet to come. Gratitude, generosity, and trust. Am I grateful for what I've got? Or am I always pining about what I wish I had or what I want to have and don't yet have? Am I thankful for what I've got? Really thankful. Am I generous with what I've got? Do, do I freely give as God has blessed me? Do I understand that I'm, I'm not supposed to be a reservoir? I'm supposed to be a stream that passes it along to bless other people after I've taken care of my basic needs? Right? Do I understand I don't own it all? That it's actually all God's and He just entrusts it to me for a little while. All I have is on loan. See, money is a test. Do you understand your role as a steward, as a trustee of all that God has entrusted to you and to me? And He's testing us to see what we'll do with it. Because what we do with it says a lot about our character. To those whom much is given, much is expected. This, this, the, the reality is, we're rich. I know, I know. Some of you, hey, hold, hold on, Pastor. I'm not rich. Are you kidding me? I'm not rich. You see what I drive? You see where I live? I am not rich. Well, think again. 
You know, if you live in America and you earn $50,000 a year or more, you're in the richest 0.2% of all the people on the planet. 0.2 tenths of 1%. And I don't say that to make anybody feel ashamed. God's blessed us. Lucky us. That's great. Don't be ashamed. Be very, very thankful. But also feel very, very responsible. Because to those whom much is given, much is expected. God is testing us. Will you be grateful with the abundance I have entrusted to you? Will you be generous with it? Will you trust me? And order your finances according to my word and my way. Will you invest in eternal riches rather than always storing up earthly stuff? You see, Jesus warns wealthy people over and over and over again in the Bible, not because he hates rich people, but because he knows when rich people have wealth, it can destroy God's work in your life if you're not very intentional about it. Rich people have been given a huge responsibility, and with that responsibility comes accountability. And we may not be Bill Gates rich. We may not be Warren Buffett rich. We may not be Jimmy Buffett rich. But here's the deal. If you divide the world into the top 1% and the bottom 99%, guess which percent we're in? Right? Money is not just a tool to shape our character. It's a test of our character. If you're not grateful for what you got, if you're not generous with what you got, if you're not trusting God with what you got, more won't change that. The guy says, man, if I just had more money, I'd be more generous. No, no, no. If you'd learn to be more generous, you'd eventually have more money. Because you'd prove to God that you can be trusted. You'd prove to God that you're grateful and generous where you are. This... This is why we teach tithing here at Ebenezer. We don't require it. It's not required to be a member of our church that you tithe. But we teach that as a biblical principle. Not because God needs our money, but because money's a tool to develop our character and money's a test of our character. Am I truly grateful? Am I truly generous? Am I truly trusting? And I'll tell you, nothing puts our character to test like money. And nothing proves our character like tithing. Tithing is giving 10% of your income to God's work in the world. It is storing up treasures in heaven. It's investing in God's kingdom work. Today's scripture, Jesus says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Where your treasure is. See, heart follows treasure. Heart follows treasure. Where our treasure goes, that's where our heart goes. The guy says, I just got to feel it before I can give. No, give and then you'll start to feel it. See the difference? Heart follows treasure. And if we store up stuff on earth, guess where our heart will be? In our stuff. Jesus says, and it's funny because the King James does a better job of training, says you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon meant more than money in Jesus' day. Mammon was actually a false god, an idol. The idol god of prosperity. And and Jesus is saying, look, if, if your life is all about pursuing stuff, you won't be able to serve God. He... he He's just naming reality because where our stuff goes, that's where our heart goes. But see, when I invest in God, see, the beauty of tithing is it breaks the back of materialism in my life. It tells mammon he he has no place in my heart and in my life. Look, I'm I'm a preacher, right? I'm a professional talker, right? And what? I can stand up here all day. Talk about loving God, having faith. Money's a tool, money's a test, right? Pretty good sermon, don't you think? Huh? 
Come on. I'm a professional talker. I can talk all day about gratitude and generosity and tithing. But here's the deal. It's not till I get out my checkbook that my character is revealed. And when I get out my checkbook every month and write my tithe check, it's a test. It's a test. And I give a tithe, and it's not just putting my money where my mouth is, it's putting my heart where my treasure is. And I invite you to experience that if you're not already a tither. Let me encourage you to do this, not because I want something from you, but because God wants something for you. God wants you to experience what it's like when you get this right, when you have gratitude for what you got, and you're generous with the tithe, and you're trusting because God's Word commands us to tithe, and Jesus was a tither. And the one time Jesus complimented the scribes and Pharisees, He didn't compliment them very often, the one time He complimented them was because they were tithing. Right? The reality is, friends, God cares about what we do with money, both now and for eternity. It's a test. It's a tool. Which is why we encourage folks to try the 10-10-80 plan. 10-10-80 plan. David Ramsey teaches this, and a lot of people teach this, and we won't go into it much today. Just here's the basic outline. Learn to live on 80%. Learn to be grateful for 80%. Learn to figure out how to Control expenses so that you're living on 80%. Then the other 20%, you split it. 10% goes into saving for the future. 10% goes to the work of God in the world. Now, you might have to adjust these a bit depending on your age or stage in life. I mean, if you're 60 years old and you have no retirement plans, you might need to go on the 50-40-10 plan. 50% you live on, 40% you save for retirement, 10% you give. But be sure to give. Be sure to give. If you can get to the place where you're tithing, you may not be able to do it all at once, but if you gradually work up to it, show God you're serious about it, get a plan together for it, you'll be storing up treasure in heaven. It's not just about the rewards we get in this life. It's about the person you have to become in order to be a tither. And when you learn to be grateful and generous and trusting, it changes everything. So, next week we're inviting you to turn in your estimate of giving. You, most of you got this card in the mail. If not, there'll be extras next week. Or you can go online. We've got them online. Look, this is not a pledge card. This is an invitation card to sit down and look at the numbers and ask yourself, if money is a test and money's a tool, what am I doing with what God's given me? And I hope you'll prayerfully consider filling this out, bringing it back next week. Not because we want something from you, but because we want something for you. We want you to be part of the, the people who have learned to be grateful for what they've got and generous with what God's entrusted to them and trusting God's word through obedience. Because money's a tool and a test. And when we understand that truth, we begin to understand everything Jesus is talking about when he's talking about money Don't store up for here. Invest for there. Because we're going to be there a lot longer than we're going to be here. And the only people who really enjoy heaven are people who've learned to be grateful and generous and trusting of God. And how we handle money 
lets us know where we are in those three character qualities. Because where our treasure goes, be where our heart goes also.